Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad. And thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. Here, we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done 37 books of the Bible. And uh, we have just two books left to complete the Old Testament. Thank you for always taking time to join in and study and learn. And I ask you, if you've not listened to the podcast we've done straight from the book of Genesis, you can find them on all podcast platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, everywhere that you find a podcast platform, you'll be able to access us there. And you can also be able to find us through our website, BibleIndepth.com. And I believe, even as you listen, God shall speak to you because, like we already say here, there is no limitation to revelation. God reveals his word to everybody who shows need. If you want God to speak to you, he will come and he will indeed come out and speak to you. Now, today we handle uh, our second last book of the Old Testament, which is Zechariah. And it starts by saying, in the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah the prophet, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. Of course, uh, Zechariah comes at the time where the captivity is done, and now it's Persia in charge. Yeah, This is where you find Persia and, and the Meds, because it was a shared empire. By then, though, Cyrus eventually comes up and takes uh, much more uh, credit later on, and authority later on from the Meds who were led by Darius. And that is the time in which um, Zechariah comes on the scene. And what's the message being given to Zechariah? The Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore, say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, declares the Lord of hosts, that I may return to you, says the Lord of hosts. It's clear what your parents did, what your great-grandparents did was not good. And I was not happy with them. But if you return to me, I will return to you. Simple. History may not be good. Your past life may not be good. And God could not be happy with what you did in the past. But this is the issue. Return to him. Then he returns to you. Clean slate. Those are the terms he gives them. If you return to me, I will return to you. And he tells him, do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets proclaimed, saying, Thus says the Lord God of hosts, return now from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not listen, nor did they give heed to me, declares the Lord. So they were warned. All prophets who came warned, sent their warning, kept telling them, guys, let's get it back in order. Yeah, But they did not listen to him. Your fathers, where are they? He's asking him a question. And the prophets, do they live forever? Because sometimes you want to think, the people who will preach to you will always be there. The people who will lead you to Christ will always be there. So you pass by, you don't attend to the calls, you don't listen. You feel that uh, there is still grace abundant enough for you. Uh, yes, it is still here, but the question is, will it be there forever? So he's asking, where are your fathers? They sinned, they didn't listen, they died, they perished. Some of them actually in the exile you went for, for Israel to Assyria, for you to Babylon. Yeah? They went into that exile. They didn't return. Even the prophets, they left. They're not there anymore. But did not my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servant, the prophets, overtake your fathers. The word of the Lord shall always remain. The rest will go. 
The people left. The prophets left, but the word did not leave. It still remains. And even up to the point he's telling Zechariah right now, he's saying, I demand righteousness from you. I demand you to walk a good life. That does not change. Our God is not one who changes over time. He's not one who gets along the way and says, now it's okay for you to sin. And all those messages and all those doctrines that go around saying, giving the liberty to do whatever you want, it's not right because God here, his word remains. His word does not change. And he tells him here, my word for it, it has persisted. My commands have persisted. They've overtaken your fathers. They've overtaken the prophets. Even after you, they will remain. They will not change. And says, then they repented and said, as the Lord of hosts purposed to do to us in accordance with our ways and our deeds, so as he dealt with us. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month Shebat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah the prophet, the son of Berechiah, the son of Ido, as follows. Now he gets another word as Zechariah. I saw at night, and behold, a man was riding on a red horse, and he was standing among the myrtle trees, which were in the ravine, with red, sorrel, and white horses behind him. Then I said, My Lord, what are these? An angel who was speaking with me said to me, I will show you what these are. Yeah, now this is seeing the night, and he has an angel talking to him. Yeah, of course, angels exist. Messages were sent through angels. We've read through the Bible. They were sent uh, through angels to his to, to, to people. And even today, that still exists. Yeah, there are people who speak of angels and having seen an angel and having spoken to one. Yeah. So what goes on here, he says, and he's asking, what is this? What are these that I'm seeing? And the angel who was speaking with me said to me, I'll show you what these are. And the man who was standing uh, among the myrtle trees answered and said, "Those, these are those whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. So they, ans- they answered the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees and said, We have patrolled the earth, and behold, the earth is peaceful and quiet. Of course, these are powers that you may not understand or we may not comprehend now, because even as they moved around, it's not like anybody had seen them. Yeah, They could be in a spiritual realm that you are able to see them, uh, but for him here, he says their part, part, their job was to patrol the earth, and this uh, gets a reminder of the watchers, yeah, people who uh, were stationed in the heavenlies to watch over the earth. It gives you that sort of uh, resemblance, uh, which we read of from the watchers. Then the angel of the Lord said, "O Lord of hosts, how long will you have compassion for Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, with which?" have been indignant these 70 years. The Lord answered the angel who was speaking with me with gracious words, comforting words. So, an angel who was speaking with me said to me, Proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I'm exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and Zion, but I'm very angry with the nations who are at ease, for while I was only a little angry, they fathered the disaster. Yeah. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I'll return to Jerusalem with compassion. My house will be built in it, declares the Lord of hosts, and a measuring line will be stretched over Jerusalem. Again, proclaim, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, my cities will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and again choose Jerusalem. Of course, 
by the fact that they had gone into exile, it looked like the Lord had abandoned them. But God, uh, as he had promised even through the earlier prophets, he had told them, I'll restore you, Jerusalem. I'll get you back. doesn't matter what you've gone through. I have compassion over you. My grace is over you. And I will come back and look into your issue. Because that's what God is. He's gracious to all of us. And he looks into your situation and says, I'll consider you. I'll come out for you. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you've gone through. I'll come out and help you. Then I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, there were four horns. So I said to the angel who was speaking with me, what are these? And he answered me, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen, and I said, what are these coming to do? Then he said, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man lifts up his head, but these craftsmen have come to terrify them, to throw down the horns of the nations who have lifted up their horns against the land of Judah in order to scatter it. Of course, when they're talking horns, they're talking leadership, they're talking rulers, and uh, those uh, that came over Jerusalem and Israel, of course, you started with Assyria, you had Babylon, you had the Persians and the Meds, and uh, uh, also later on you get the Greeks coming in and the Romans, and uh, those are the likely ones being talked about here. They uh, treated Judah and Israel badly, but God comes out to deal with them. So, God goes and says, Then I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a man with a measuring line in his hand. So I said, Where are you going? And he said to me, To measure Jerusalem, to see how wide it is and how long it is. And behold, the angel who was speaking with me was going out, and another angel was coming out to meet him and said to him, Run. Speak to that young man saying Jerusalem will be inhabited without walls because of the multitude of men and cattle within it. For I, declares the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her and I will be the glory in her midst. Yeah, it's giving him a message that this is a place that won't need walls. God himself will surround. You know, sometimes we put all sorts and levels of security about us, about things concerning us and we are afraid and we set up boundaries of all nature. But God always comes out and tells you, I'll be your defense. Don't worry. I'll be your defense. I'll defend you from the enemy. I'll defend you from the attacks. Be safe. Trust in me alone. I am enough. Yeah. And this is what is required of Jerusalem now. God will be enough for you. He'll be the wall of fire around you. In your life, God is enough. He's the wall of fire around you. In your education, he's enough. He's the wall of fire around you. In your work, is enough. Is the wall of fire around you. Yeah? Hold there, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord. For I have dispersed you as the four winds of heavens, declares the Lord God. Hold Zion, escape you who are living with the daughter of Babylon. Yeah? For thus says the Lord of hosts, after glory, he has sent me against the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. He's saying, when they touch you, Judah, when they touch you, Israel, they touch the apple of God's eye. When they touch those who are of God, it's God who comes out to fight for them because those are his own. The heathens come and attack, but when they attack those of God, that is an attack directly on God. And here is being spoken, it's being applied to Judah. For behold, I will wave my hand over them so that they will be plundered for their slaves. Then you will know. That the Lord of hosts has sent me. Sing for joy and be glad, O daughter of Zion. For behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. He gives them that promise 
Respective of what you've gone through in Babylon, I'm coming, I will be in your midst. For behold, I'm coming to dwell in your midst. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord in that day and will become my people. That is key for us to know. Uh, Israel, of course, is regarded as the people of God. But then there's a word that comes out to the rest. There's a word that comes out to other nations that if they join themselves to the Lord, they become God's people. So now, in that day which they're talking about, and that day has come, those that join themselves to the Lord, those that accept to have the leadership of the Almighty God, those who accept to, uh, to get in relationship with God, with Christ, they become God's people. Yeah, And uh, the book of Micah, chapter 4, verse 2, spoke about that. It said, And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths, for the Lord shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So, is God is not limited to Israel. God is not only for Israel. Those who believe in him become his people. And that's key for us to know, that we are God's people. If you're looking for a way and you are wondering all along, how do I fit into Israel? How do I fit into their uh, discussions? Do I belong there? This is a message for you. That... Many will join themselves to the Lord in that day and will become my people. So we are people of God. We can gladly come out and say, we are people of God and he is God. He is our God. Then I'll dwell in your midst and you'll know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. The Lord will possess Judah and his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, O flesh, before the Lord, for he is aroused from his holy habitation. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. This is a, a high priest being spoken of here, but it has a resemblance to Job. Yeah, Job chapter 1 verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came along. Yeah, And this is a case here that there is somebody who is always out there trying to accuse God's people, accuse you, yeah? Then the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Yeah? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and standing before the angel. He spoke and said to those who were standing before him, saying, remove the filthy garments from him. Again, he said to him, see, I have taken away your iniquity. Yeah? I've taken your iniquity away from you and I will clothe you with Festo robes. Then I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments while the angel of the Lord was standing by. When you're in the presence of God, he takes away the filth. He takes away the accusation from the enemy that he's bringing. He takes away all the nakedness and he brings wealth upon you. He places a wealthy robe upon you. Takes away all the dirt. Your life goes. Your egg your old life goes into the past and he puts something new and fresh upon you. That's what he does for Joshua here. And the Lord admonished Joshua saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will walk, if you will walk, if you will walk in my ways. And if you perform my service, then you will also govern my house and, I'll also, have char- and also have charge of my courts and I will grant you free access among those who are standing here. You will be able to access 
all realms if you walk with God. Sometimes the reason we are not accessing the supernatural, sometimes the reason we are not getting those uh, great spiritual moments is because we fail in our ways with the Lord. We fail in our walk with the Lord. We fail to stand for the Lord. And he's giving terms here to Joshua, this high priest, and telling him, you will walk where these have walked if you walk according to my ways. If you perform my service, I will give you more. If you do, if you found worthy, then a lot more is granted to you. You have charge over much more. Yeah. Now listen, Joshua, the high priest, you and your friends who are sitting in front of you. Indeed, they are men who are symbol. For behold, I'm going to bring in my servant the branch. Of course, here they're talking about Jesus who will come. For behold, the stone that I've set before Joshua, on one stone are seven eyes. Behold, I'll engrave an inscription on it, declares the Lord of hosts. I'll remove the iniquity of that land in one day. That day, it, it will just be a day, but all iniquity is removed. On that day of Christ, yeah, when he dies at the cross on Calvary, everything, iniquity, is removed. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor to sit under his vine and under his trees. The angel who was speaking with me returned and roused me as a man who is awakened from his sleep. He said to me, what do you see? And I said, I see, and behold, a lampstand of all gold. And he tells him, I see a lampstand of all gold with its bowl on the top of it and its seven lamps on it and its and with its seven spots belonging to each of the lamps which are on top of it. Also two olive trees by it, one on the right side of the bowl and another on the left side. Then I said to the angel who was speaking with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? So he answered and said, Do you not know what these are? And I said, I do not know. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Zerubbabel is a governor that is given charge by the Persians or, or the Meds uh, to govern Judah or Jerusalem at that time after their captivity. And the message to him is you're not going to do this by your might or by your power, but it's by the Spirit of God. Everything concerning life, everything we want to achieve, we don't do it by our power or by our might. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. In your life, in my life, in every aspect of it, if there is any achievement, if there is anything that is tangible, if there is anything that we speak of, it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by the Spirit of God. That's why we depend and rely on the Spirit of God. Yeah, we give everything we are and we surrender everything by the Spirit of God is how we are able to do. By the Spirit of God is how we are able to live, to move, to make decisions. Yeah? And uh, Ephesians chapter 6, 7, says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Exactly uh, similar to what is being told here. That that which you see is the Word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. You're not going to do it by your power. You're not going to do it by your might. You're going to need the Spirit of God. What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become a plain. And he will bring forth the stone with the shouts of grace, grace to it. Also the word of the Lord came to me saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. And his hands will finish it. Remember, he was very key in the construction and uh, what was going to happen 
as regards uh, the construction or the setting up of the temple. And uh, here, the, mes- the message coming out is, um, he will lay it out and he will finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things, but these seven will be glad when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These are the eyes of the Lord, which range to and fro throughout the earth. Then I say to him, what are these? Two olive trees in the right and uh, on the left. And I answered the second time, and he said to him, What are these two olive branches, which are beside the golden pipes, which are empty, which empty the old, old golden oil from them? So, so he answered and says, Do you n- not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he said, These are the two anointed ones who are standing by the Lord of the whole earth. Yeah, that's a message that comes out to him about that which he is seeing. Then he lifts up his eyes again and looks, and, and behold, there was a flying scroll. And he said to me, what do you see? And I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits, its width is 10 cubits. Remember, we said a cubit is about uh, one foot and a half. Yeah. So he said to me, this is the curse that is going forth over the face of the whole land. Surely everyone who steals will be purged away according to the writing on one side. And everyone who swears will be purged away according to the writing on the left side. I'll make it go forth, declares the Lord. And it will enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears yeah, falsely by my name. And it will spend the night within that house and consume it with timber stone, timber and stones. Then the angel who was speaking with me went out and said, lift up now your eyes and see what is going forth. And I said, what is it? This is that effort going forth. And he said, this is the appearance in the land. Behold, and behold, a lead cover was lifted up and this is a woman sitting inside the ephoth. Then he said, this is wickedness and he threw her down into the middle of the ephoth and cast the lead weight on its opening. Then I lifted my eyes and looked and there were two women coming out with the wind in their wings and they had wings like the wings of a stalk and they lifted up and the ephoth between the earth and the heavens and I said to Angel who was speaking with me, where are they taking this ephoth? And he said to me to build a temple for her in the land of Shina. And when it is prepared, she will be set on her own uh, pedestal. Now I lifted up my eyes again and looked and behold, four chariots coming forth from between the two mountains. And the mountains were bronze mountains. Yeah, And uh, he's seeing numerous things which are being shown to him uh, through visions or in actual spiritual realm. Yeah, With the first chariot were red horses with the second chariot, black horses with the third chariot, white horses, and with the fourth chariot, strong, dappled horses. Then I spoke and said to the angel who was speaking with me, What are these, my lord? The angel replied, These are the four spirits of heaven going forth after standing before the lord of the earth, with one of which the black horses are going forth to the north country, the white ones are going forth after them, while the deeply one go to the south country. When the strong ones went out, they were eager to go, to patrol the earth. And he said, go and patrol the earth. So they patrolled the earth. Then he cried out to me and said, see those who are going to the land of the north have appeased my wrath in the land of the north. The word of the Lord came to me saying, take an offering from the exiles, from Heldai, Topija, Jediah, and you go on the same day and enter the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah, where they have arrived in Babylon. Take silver and gold, make an ornament, crown and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Then said to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, a man whose name is Baruch, his, 
he, then he said to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, a man whose name is Branch, for he will branch out from where he is, and he will build the temple of the Lord. This message is clear that it talks about Christ. He will come and he will build the temple. Remember when he came and they said for him, he does not need that one that has been built with hands. He is eternal. Yeah, the one that we are talking about here. Yes, it is he who will build the temple of the Lord and he who will bear the honor and sit and rule on his throne. Christ rules to date. Christ rules. His is not a specific location that you go out and look for the temple of Jerusalem. Then you know that Christ rules. No, even now he rules. He rules in our lives. We know that for those that join uh, the, the, the move of salvation, you know that he rules. He leads our lives. Yeah. Thus, he will be a priest on his throne, and a council of peace with the, will, will be between the two officers. Now, the crown will become a reminder in the temple of the Lord to Helem, Tobijah, Jediah, and Hen, the son of Zephaniah. Those who are far off will come and build the temple of the Lord. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and it will take place if you completely obey your Lord. Of course, uh, we know that they came and they started to build. We looked at that when we were handling the book of uh, Haggai uh, last time. Yeah, they came, people from everywhere, and they started to build the house of the Lord. We shall conclude with this chapter today, chapter 7. In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, which is Chislev. Yeah, now on the town, now the town of Bethel had sent Shareza and Regemelech and their men to seek the favor of the Lord, speaking to the priests who belong to the house of the Lord of hosts, to the prophets, saying, Shall I weep for the fifth month and abstain, as I have done these many years? Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, these seventy years, was it actually for me that you fasted? This period that you guys have been in captivity, when you are weeping and fasting, was it for me? You know, sometimes we do things and there's no clear objective. Why were you doing it? He's asking, why are you doing it for me? Because you're now coming out to account that guy. We fasted. We did this. We prayed. It was all for God. Why isn't he coming out and saying, was it for me? When you eat and drink, do you not eat for yourselves? And do you not drink for yourselves? Are not these words which the Lord proclaimed by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and prosperous along with its cities around it and the Negev and the foothills were inhabited? Then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah saying, Thus has the Lord of hosts said, Dispense true justice and practice compassion each to his brother. He's telling him, You've fasted, yes. You've prayed, yes. But this is what I require. True justice, kindness, compassion to one another. And let me tell you, we shall pray. But if we lack compassion, if we lack kindness, if we don't have that justice which is truthful, then we'll pray for nothing. We shall fast and we shall get all days of fasts where we do dry, where we do what, where we... All natures of fasts, we shall do them. But if we do not have true justice, if we don't practice compassion... And kindness we do for nothing. And he tells him in verse 10, And do not oppress the widow. He adds to that. Do not oppress the orphan. Do not steal their property. And that's a common practice. Yeah, People lose their parents and relatives come and take everything. If you do that, if you're the kind that does that, 
even if you pray, even if you fast for months, but you're the type that goes to oppress the widow, oppress the orphan, you do it for nothing. And he says, do not oppress the stranger. Do not oppress the poor. You don't go out and steal their property. You steal their land. Yeah, you don't pay them if you're their boss. Even if you pray and you fast and you pick every month to have days of that and you, you cheat those workers, the poor, stranger, yeah, you do it for nothing. And says, and do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. If you're somebody who goes out and plots how to hurt others, plots how to destroy others, your fasts profit you nothing. But they refused to pay attention and they turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their eyes, their ears from hearing. They made their hearts like flint so that they could not hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Therefore great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. And just as he called, and they would not listen, so they called, and I would not listen. You will call. God's word is clear. He tells us what to do. He tells us how to act. He tells us how to treat others. And if we do not hear his word, even if we make the fasts and pray the entire night, he, it is clear like these ones, he will not hear. He says, these guys fasted, they called, but they were then not trustworthy. They had no justice to them. They were not compassionate. They were oppressing the widow. They were oppressing the orphans. They were taking the poor as nothing. They did not uh, think well about others. They were devising evil plans. But then they would come and call. And he says, I would not listen. This has not changed. We started with that saying, God does not change. This has not changed. If we still keep doing that, we shall always call and we shall not get any response from God. Because that's not how God operates. And he says, I scattered them with a storm wind among the nations whom they have not known. I sent them into captivity. Thus the land is desolate behind them. So that no one who went back and forth. So that no one went back and forth. For they made the pleasant land desolate. With sin, we corrupt the land. With sin, we make a waste of the land. And it's clear to us here that we need to walk in obedience. And then when we call out on the Lord, He will come out and He will answer our cry. And uh, that is clear message to us. That is clear message to them. That you come and wail that you're not getting results, but it is your own lives that block the results. We need to stand with God and walk with Him and do that which pleases Him. And then He will listen and answer. And uh, we shall close from there today. We'll com continue tomorrow with chapter 8 of the book of Zechariah. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we pray that you bless us and prosper us in all things. Help us be people who will listen and do according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.